05 and 06 I deployed to Kuwait I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home I miss my life, miss my wife For 15 months she was all alone But when I got back I felt out of control Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold I keep on drinking so I'm sinking in a river of liquor Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be so I invested in myself I started seeing coaches Life is a camera, I fixed the lens and now I see in focus Now my life's unrecognizable From my life just a couple years ago 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this and we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm called to be a leader I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Raylan Davis here and currently out of Phoenix. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Well, Championship Leadership is the name of the podcast. What what comes to mind for you? What does championship leadership mean to you? Well, I got my first dose in leadership. Uh, I was fortunate enough to work in the corporate space, which which is odd right now, um, is that I'm finding that more and more online business coaches that I'm working with, um, they didn't have a corporate background. Like they just jumped yeah. right into. And, and so there's some good parts of that. I was just talking to yeah. somebody. But there's some good parts of that and that there's a lot of bad habits maybe you don't pick up. Yeah. But you don't like uh, to me, my corporate experience is a lot like an apprenticeship. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, it was for now. Right. So anyway, my I first got my dose of, of leadership at the corporate level because I had I was fortunate. I had a really good leader when I first signed up. I remember even the interview that I had with him. I was like, he was old school sales guy yeah. from Miami, uh, three wow. piece suit, like the whole nine. Right. Yeah. So I'm having the interview with him. I'm sweating buckets. <laughs> like I'm, I'm so nervous. Like I'm just, and I, I like at this time, like I just transitioned from being a professional fighter. So I didn't even own a suit. I yeah. had to go and like buy, I had one button up that I wore yeah. uh, to the interview. And then I had every new interview I got, I had to buy a new, new dresser. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sweating buckets, and uh, he asked me at the end, uh, you know, what what do you want, like, with this job? And I said, well, I, I want to take your job. Like, I want to be the VP. And um, and for whatever reason, I bombed the interview. Like, I, I yeah. didn't know anything about the industry. I didn't know anything about sales. Like, it was terrible. Yeah. Um, but he liked that. And so I was fortunate that he flew out and trained me himself. Okay. He flew oh, out wow. from Miami to Phoenix and spent, I think it was like two weeks with me, and just taught me everything. And, and that was my first dose of leadership. And then yeah. the way that he led was a very like example driven leadership. Watch how I live my life. Yeah. And yes, we talked about sales and stuff, but I think for the most part, he just told me about how he lived his life, which yeah. was around like he, even his schedule, like eventually I got to his point where I was traveling every week for work and he set up his life around that to where he worked out. Um, he flew back home on Friday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he was lifting okay. and in the mornings to do cardio. And so okay. even these little things, it, yeah. my point is, is that the leadership that I took from him was show by example, 
um, but also your leader should inspire you to want to be better. Yeah. And so when I became a leader of my own and, uh, you know, eventually became like a coach kind of in that corporate realm, that's how I led by. It was like, if I work on how Nate deals with life outside of work, he'll be a really good uh, employee for me. So I yeah. focus more on that. And even now with my coaching, I do the same thing. Yeah. hundred percent makes total sense. Pretty awesome that you had that type of a leader out the gates too, which doesn't always happen. Right. Yeah. And I got super fortunate too, in that I got really into in high school and stuff. I didn't read much. And in college, I mean, look, I mean, I definitely didn't read in college, Yeah, um, for sure. but I got obsessed with leadership yeah. because of him. And so I started picking yeah. up every single book. And one of the first leadership books I bought was extreme ownership by Jocko Willink. Okay. Yeah. That's and a great, great one. I got obsessed with the military. And so, yeah. because listen, there's no better uh, organization that does leadership than the military. Like yeah. you cannot convince me otherwise, yeah, like they're the best. And, yeah. but what the, the main thing that I took away from them was they don't leave anything to chance. Yeah. You know, when you're yeah, kicking, like that's... when somebody's kicking out a door, they know exactly how they're going to kick the door down. They know exactly yeah. where we're going to go afterwards and they do it, you know, repetition, repetition. And so that became again, part of my leadership style, which is, you know, super proud moment for me was I had an employee once that like, you were in the military. And I was like, no. Yeah. And and it was like, okay, I'm doing it right then. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's cool. Because again, they're the best to, to ever do it. Yeah. What kind of sales was it? Um, high. So uh, I did high higher education, for-profit higher education. So I worked in the college. So it's a unique, okay. um, it was a unique selling kind of model where normally you sell something, a widget to somebody, they buy it, and then you just keep in touch with them in case they want to buy more. Yeah. Well, in higher education, for-profit higher education, we make money off the students, mm -hmm. right? Whereas yeah. like nonprofit, which is like your typical university, you know, they don't really care about you too much. We right. have to care. Yeah. And meaning yeah, like yeah. I enroll Nate, I have to see you now for the next year okay. every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's my job to make sure you don't drop out of school because the yeah. school doesn't make money unless you do that. So anyway, our, our average sales cycle would be like 30 weeks Yeah, because you have, because wow. you can walk out. Right. You right. did not go to school and the school doesn't make money. So yeah. that's how I learned sales. And it was a different approach in that. And that, again, it benefited me very much so of what I do now because it was very inspiration based. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey, you want to be more productive? Here's this, like, you know, this SaaS model. It was like, you want to be this kind of a person. Yeah. You've been living your life this way. Now you want to be like this. Let's bridge the gap. And so it was a okay. different kind of sales. Yeah. Um, but the most fortunate thing ever for me was that after, I got out of that. Uh, and so the, 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 the school was like 30, had 30 locations and it closed and um, it, it got bought out. And then the for-profit entity, like, or the, uh, um, the, the entity that bought it ended up shutting up half the locations. And then I got severance. The best thing ever for me was that nobody wanted to hire me because they yeah. looked at it and say, Oh, you worked sales for a school that's on sales. And so I couldn't get hired anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I had the choice of like, go back into that. Or start my own thing. So I decided yeah. to start my own thing. Okay. So how long did you do that before start starting your own thing? Four, four years. Um, yep. And during that time, again, I got, again, I call it my apprenticeship because I got super fortunate in that we hired a consultant. It was the first time I okay. kind of realized I want to be a consultant. So we hired yeah. a consultant to come in and uh, he did a, uh, like a, a, a three day workshop and he yeah. stayed with us for six months. Okay. And I got kind of close with him. Really smart dude. Yeah. You know, his clients were like Lexus, Gucci, that kind of thing. And uh, what he was teaching was how to coach. And I was like, I could 
I could do this because it's all yeah. based on it's all based on military and it's all based on sports, which I had a background in sports, obviously. Yeah. So it was all based around how do you develop a skill and, and the skill is coaching. Anyway, I found out I was like, uh, how much do you make like doing this? You know? Yeah. He made a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. A million dollar contract. And I was like, what? Yeah. For teaching this? Like, right. he granted, he's a phenomenal coach at that like he's sure. like he he's been doing it for like 30 years at that point but still i'm like the concept yo i could teach this like yeah. i could do this yeah. and it was the first time i i remember i'd said to him once like i want to work for you and he was like no you don't you can do your own thing just do what i'm doing oh that's awesome yeah and that was when i had the first little seed in my head like oh i could be a consultant okay that's cool yeah that's very cool what's uh so you were a professional fighter as well to talk about that yeah. a little bit yeah yeah, so uh, I went to uh, school originally for Central Michigan University, uh, wrestled. I tore my groin my sophomore year, which was, as you can imagine, was terrible. Yeah. Um, but I had this moment where, you know, it was like a nine months I couldn't walk and, and whatever. And I had a friend of mine when I was starting to heal. was like, hey, I'm a fight. He was fighting. And he was like, hey, I need yeah. help with wrestling. Can you come coach me? I said, yeah, no problem. So I went up there and uh was helping him in the team with coaching wrestling and they needed somebody to spar one day they're like do we just need a body yeah i was like okay i'll do it and yeah. i got my ass beat like bad <laughs> right and uh i think something's wrong with me in that if i'm not good at something i obsess over it yeah and so yeah. Th then i next thing you know i'm a fighter right and so yeah. i took yeah. <laughs> I think it was like 16 amateur fights in michigan and then um, I also at the same time had a mid midlife crisis where i was like i went to school in the school to be a teacher i was gonna be a PE teacher yeah, same here. And yeah. yeah. And I was like, Wh whose life can I affect as a P teacher? I'm just going to roll out balls every day. Like, yeah. you know, what am I doing? And um, and so I was like, well, you know, I learned about this, this camp out in Arizona called Arizona Combat Sports. Okay. And um, they were known for turning wrestlers into fighters. And they worked with like CB Dalloway and 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 uh, Ryan Bader and, and some of the biggest names in, in UFC. So yeah. anyway, I moved out to Arizona on a whim. Uh, took an amateur fight out here and then became a fighter, uh, became a professional after that. And then the hard part, and this is also part of the apprenticeship, I guess, to, to where I am now, and that you have to learn marketing, you have to market yourself because if sure. you get it put on yeah. a card, you have to sell tickets. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I'm not going to put you on my card if, if nobody knows about you or cares about you. Right. Right. So that was the first kind of inkling of like social media, for example, because my good friend at the time was, was Jamie Varner, who was a UFC veteran. And he had a huge social media following. Yeah. And so that was how he sold tickets, though, was through his social media. So okay. it was the first kind of inkling of that. And then the transition out, again, I went to, this is where I went to corporate, is that I couldn't land fights because I had a background as a wrestler and whatever. Um, I was two and one. I'd lost uh, one fight and I came back and won another one. And I remember I went to UFC tryouts. This is back when they had the Ultimate Fighter show. Yeah. So I went to Vegas for that. Uh, basically I meant to the interview section so that you show up your skills, whatever. And then they basically said I was too boring, uh, for camera if I didn't drink <laughs> oh, really? or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I remember going to my coach and this is still like, I still train at Arizona combat sports. So I do still do jujitsu. And yeah. this is why my head coach at the time was like, he's like my best friend. And I went to him and I said, Hey, look, cause basically they, they told us like, Hey, a few more fights and he'll make it to the UFC. He doesn't need the show. And, uh, but I had this job opportunity to, to make a career and keep in mind, Nate, like I'm not making money. Yeah. yeah like right, each fight right. was like 1500 bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that goes to like the gym and my coach yeah, and you know, yeah. whatever. 
So um, I was like, hey, I think I could make a living being in sales. And uh, I went to my coach and said, what do you think I should do? Keep in mind, this coach, right? He's my manager also. Yeah. He'll make money off me finally if I make it to the UFC. Sure. And he tells me, uh, he just says, like, you're too smart for this game. This yeah. game, like, you're too smart for it. Yeah. Like, don't fight anymore. Go do that. So I did. So I have a lot to man, uh, you had a lot of great guy. coaches, mentors in your path there. It sounds like that, you know, yeah. had your best interests in mind too, right? Yeah, that's part of it too, right? Is like um there's this um Dan Henry, he's like a marketer. He posted this um yeah. yesterday yeah. on on Instagram and it basically said, like, the reason why um your kids or whatever are not becoming great entrepreneurs is because the teachers that are there are broke and they have this broke mindset. And you, you yourself become broke because of that. I don't agree with that um, because their job, the teachers that I had, and the coaches I had, their job wasn't to teach me about how to be a billionaire. Right. The job was to teach me how to think. Yeah. And the one thing that my school did very well when I was in high school and the coach that I had in wrestling, Coach Smith, I always give him kudos because he was the first millionaire I ever met. He yeah. was a volunteer. Nate, he was a volunteer wrestling coach. Okay. who also happened to be an alternate in the Olympics. Oh, he wow. was a four-time uh, a four-time uh, state champion in Michigan. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, University of Toledo doesn't have a wrestling team anymore, but he was All-American yeah. for Toledo in okay. the 70s. Okay. Stud. Okay. Yeah. Vol yeah. He volunteered his time to coach um, and became like a mentor to me. But he yeah. was a millionaire. And yeah. he was the first person ever told me, like, oh, I'm a millionaire. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Like, did you win the lottery? Like, I don't understand. Right. Like, I didn't, but that exposure. So anyway, but he was the first person that sat me down. And when I was going to school, granted, it took me a minute to catch on to this, but he goes, he sat me down. I remember the summer before I uh, signed for the Air Force Academy. Cause I went to play football originally for Air Force Academy. And then I decided okay. to go to central, but he goes, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a teacher. He goes, well, how much are you going to make doing that? I'm like, I don't know, like 40, 40 grand a year. He goes, all right, well, tell me about the lifestyle you want to live. And I was, you know, I want, basically it was like the lifestyle I told him was like a half million dollar a year lifestyle, right? Like <laughs> yeah, right. the house and the, where I wanted to live and the vacations yeah. and the kids. And, yeah. and he's like, so let me get this straight. You, you're going to make 40 grand a year and, but you want this lifestyle. He goes, the problem with most people is this, is that they go to school, they take a personality test and which by the way I did. And it told me I should be a teacher. You take a okay. personality test that tells you to take a career. You go to college and you learn about that. And then you take a job that now that job dictates your lifestyle yeah because i did it the other way around i decided what i wanted and then i just did the thing that got me what i wanted yeah again didn't catch on until after college but again these yeah. are but, but my point is though these are my teachers and coaches they taught me how to think yeah and now fast yeah, forward incredible. like you know am i a millionaire yet no but i was multiple six-figure agency and yep. it came from that way of looking at the world yeah so yeah, I've been super fortunate with the coaches and mentors I've had. What? Uh, well, what did what did he do do to become a millionaire? Uh, he actually paints Home Depots. So really, he goes around all the. So it's interesting because actually, my summer job yeah. uh, in high school was working for him. Okay, dude, yeah. I made so much money like, for yeah. a high school kid. Like yeah. he paid me for like one trip. It was like two grand. Oh wow! Yeah, in high school, Are you kidding me? Out in high school, yeah. Nate, <laughs> yeah. I was balling. Okay. Yeah. Balling. This is when gas was like, I had a uh, 1989 Toyota Corolla to fill up my yeah. gas tank was $15. Yeah. Nate, I was balling. All right. Yeah, Don't ask me sure. where that money went. I have no idea, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I went to totally. like shoes and clothes, but, um, 
but no so like all the home depots the um the ceilings um he paints all of them every year he goes around and paints home depots and he has other customers and stuff too but that was his gig and and that was the first kind of moment that i realized was like oh you can monetize anything and that's why like you know for me we have what's called the elevated coaches academy it's like look i don't whatever is the goal is to find your purpose yeah and then you can monetize anything. Like I know somebody that literally sold six figures on a, uh, on a challenge, Nate teaching knitting, <laughs> knitting. Okay. Six figures. Okay. It was no like $175,000 in six weeks. Yeah, okay? That's amazing. Yeah. If you're pat, if you're not pr- passion, if you're, if it's your purpose, yeah. To, then you can monetize anything. Yeah. So again, he was a millionaire painting roofs of home depots. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, that's awesome. Uh, that's a great lesson for for those listening too, right? Like, man, you can. There is there's so many ways to make money out there, and uh, sometimes we just get so pigeonholed, right? Well, think about it right now. Like right now is um, for my industry anyway, and also same as you. Like you do, I know you do coaching as well. Yep. You know how many layoffs are happening right now? Yeah, yeah. Right, everyone yeah. and their mom is laying people off, or they're freezing. Yeah. Right. Yep. So here, here's the thing for what you and I do in the next two years, our industry is going to explode because people mm-hmm. are going to realize, oh, my skill, the skill that I have that, and again, that's why I looked at corporate. And I think, you know, people that are listening to this, your job right now, there are people that are like quiet quitting and then they're like, oh, what's the point of this? No, there's a huge point is that yeah. this is your apprenticeship. Yeah. This is where yeah. you develop all the skills. And here's the best part. If you screw something up, it's not on your dime. It's on theirs. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're going to be yeah. learning as you go. And then you're going to have a moment. Like for me, the moment was in, in 10 weeks, I made my company, it was like $2.4 million in 10 weeks from my coaching and my direct sales. Yeah, yeah. Guess how much my salary increased? <laughs> None. None. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I did the math and I go, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute here, right? <laughs> And, and that's when you go, that's kind of when you go, okay, now here's the thing. I also realized, uh, again, I had a really good mentor and he said, Raylan, I, I got promoted every, every single year, new responsibilities, whatever. And yeah. it wasn't, I, yeah, I had more money that came with it, but it wasn't about the money for me. I got bored. And I remember when I told my, uh, my mentor at the time, because when I, when that school closed, he offered me another job, a six figure job, all that stuff. And I said, I'm turning it down to start my company. And he said, I knew you were always going to do this in before you did. Because I didn't yeah. know I was going to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, right. Because I always knew because you got bored. Because you would master a skill and then you were on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And he, he goes, the thing I knew about you that was going to be a problem if you decided to stay in corporate was that once you get to that level of like VP of sales or yeah. even CEO, you're going to get bored mm-hmm. and go, well, I got this down. Now what? Yeah. Well, you got to leave a company or do whatever. So anyway, my, my point is that if, if you're, you know, someone who's getting laid off right now or or even you're worried about that, like, look, it's not easier on the entrepreneur side. It's not. No. <laughs> yeah. But if you're one of those people that are like, no, I got this down. I'm ready for the next challenge. My whole thing is like, I, I, I decided I'd rather be broke because of me than to, to go to another company that they screw up marketing and they screw something. And then like, I have to worry about losing my job. Yeah. Like yeah. if I lose a client, it's my fault. Right. Like I don't have, yeah. I don't have anybody to blame. And I enjoyed that. I think that maybe comes from my wrestling background, but like, there's no one to blame. Like if I screw something up or speaking of leadership, like my new thing right now is 
Nate, I forgot how to lead. Yeah. It's so funny because I was hustling as a solopreneur for so long. And then with the agency, I have a team of six now. I have to relearn how to lead people. Yeah. Yeah. In before in corporate, I led a team of like 120 people. Yeah, right. Yeah. You would think it'd yeah. be easy, but it's a different game now because yeah. they are creatives. They don't work in the office. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's yeah. it's a totally different thing. So, sure. but anyway, in, in yeah. this game, there's there's never a shortage of of problems to be solved. And that's what I loved about it. that's what I love about the game. Yeah. So does that does that help you from getting bored or do you still have have that where you kind of no because there's never yeah. a time where I, i'll give you a perfect example right so i told you before we, we created a podcast agency yeah. and uh before that though we just did normal like content marketing and um there was a problem in that everyone was doing short clips and i just saw that it, it wasn't working mm-hmm. um and granted we're getting clients left and right for it but it didn't feel right because it was like i can't get them the results that i did in the past something was changing and it doesn't really matter what, but yeah. it was changed. Something was changing. Yeah. It wasn't working as well. So now there's a problem you can solve. So now I pivoted the whole company. I said, all right, we're going to do podcasting because there's so many you know, upsides to the, the client for that. So that's yeah. a new problem. Now that we did that though, I have a new problem to solve, which is like, we have an influx of leads coming in. All right, well, we need a project manager now. Yeah. Like there, there's there's never a time where I'm bored. Yeah, there's always, there's always problems, something. Right? Yeah. 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 Especially yeah. with marketing today, like, there's also new ways to market your podcast or new ways to market YouTube or, yeah. you know, whatever. And I got to stay up to date with those things and t- what's going on, on Twitter. Like there's always something that to, to go on. And then not to mention too, on the employee side, people get sick. Yeah. Um, people have complaints, like whatever. Like, yeah. Right. I don't, I'm, I'm never, I'm never bored anymore, which is yeah. what I love. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Keeps it interesting. What's um, so yeah, maybe just uh for the listener, I know you've talked a lot about what you're doing, but maybe give us uh, a little more specific on what it is that you're up to today. Yeah. So I remember uh, I mentioned earlier purpose. And so um, right in the beginning of me starting this, I, I was like, what is my purpose? Like, why am I waking up every day? And uh, you mentioned obviously the coaches and the mentors that I had, and, and it's to do that for others, right? To give that back. Yeah. And so our overall mission is to remove obstacles and excuses for people so they can realize mm-hmm. they deserve more. Because here's yeah. the truth. We're all full of excuses, right? Yeah. And you can, if you don't like the word excuse, you can say stories, right? People yeah, tell stories, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so what I, what we provide is another perspective, another way of looking at it. So um, the first way we help people is again, it's like, if you think you have a skill set you can monetize, which you do, um, we have the coach Academy that we, we focus on and helping people. And the reason why we, we dropped it, we actually, uh, uh, we have it at $97 a month which is nothing by the way for a coaching right. program. Like yeah, when I first yeah, started, sure. I was doing like $10,000 packages. Now it's just 97 bucks. Okay. The reason I did that was because again, I see a problem in the coaching industry where it's like, follow my path, Nate. And by the end of the six months, you're going to make a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. But what happens at month four when Nate decides this is not the right angle? Well, yeah. you got to pay me another 10 grand. Right. Like, right. no, yeah. like you should, it should take you a minute to figure out your purpose and yeah. your brand and all that. It should take you a minute. And I don't want you rushing because you paid me a whole bunch of money. Yeah. So then the the next part of that is is our our agency. So the way that I look at offers, for example, is what happens after you have all that down. You're making like 10k, and the money doesn't matter. But like let's say 10k a month, whatever. What happens yeah. next? Well, you lose. You are making money now, but now you don't have time. So that's where the the marketing agency comes into play, like the, mm-hmm. our podcast agency, because then we remove that obstacle from you. So everything yeah. we do in an offer standpoint is let's just remove the obstacle. 
so that they can continue to grow and become the thought leader they deserve to be. And then we have obviously our podcast, which is Elevated Entrepreneur and our YouTube channel, which is like, you can't afford, uh, I would I would argue, it's not that you can't afford 97 bucks a month. You're just afraid to invest in yourself. Yeah. No problem. Guess what? I talk about the same stuff on my YouTube and my, my yeah, podcast. Yeah, for sure. And I bring on expert coaches because here's the truth. When I first started, I was afraid to invest in myself. Yeah. What do you think all these books came from? Oh man, no doubt. So I just, I read like crazy for the first yeah. year. I've read like 60 books. Yeah. But I also, here's the key though. I, I implemented. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But anyway, exactly. so that's what we're up to now. It's like our, our, okay. our mission is really simple. Like I want people to have freedom. Yeah. Freedom so podcast agency, you help people start a podcast or all the above. So like, um, Listen, there's there's no better way to meet the 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 metric. So you gotta keep in mind, I come from sales, right? So on the sales side, what is the number one key metric? Do you think to selling? How do you know when you're ready? Like when when you're gonna make a sale? Is there a key metric that you can think of? Um, no, tell me. Trust. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I get Nate to trust me you are more likely to buy. But here's the thing though. Can you track trust? Is there a right, metric? Right. It's time. Yeah. The more time you spend with somebody, the more you trust them. Time and touches, so, right? As they say. Exactly. Yeah. So now imagine a world where your listener, for example, listens to your podcast every day. So your podcast is like 20 to 30 minutes. Now let's say, and how many episodes are you putting out every week? One a week. One a week. Okay. So I've listened to Nate for the last six months. Okay. I listen to you for 20 minutes every single week for six months. If you suggest something to me, I am way more likely to call you like to, to actually take action on that. Right. Cause I trust yeah. you. I, right. I feel like I know you. That's yeah. the power of podcasting. So for us, we come in and we do two things. We obviously take it over and we will do the actual podcast and upload. It, and that's the boring stuff. Yeah. But the other part of this is the video, because if you add the element of, I can see Nate talking again, that just amplifies the trust right there. Yeah. And of course, too, like I have a client right now that said he posted a video nine years ago. He still gets 10 leads a month from that one yeah. video nine years yeah. ago. Okay. So YouTube, YouTube is amazing for that. But the main thing is this, it's twofold. Your listeners will buy things. And oftentimes it's going to be mid-level to low ticket things, right? Courses, that kind of thing. Your guests though, as you probably know, that's where the opportunity is at. Yeah. So if you aim high on your guests, you're going to have way more opportunities. And I say opportunities because the, the easy one is clients, okay? You meet with someone, you talk to them for an hour, 30 minutes, whatever. They trust you more. And then they go, all right, like, how can we work together? Now you have a client. But the other thing is the opportunities. I mentioned before we got started, like I have a podcast coming up with Evan Carmichael, right? Yeah. I don't know that, but there's like, for example, there could be partnerships with him and, him, uh, him and I do something together. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, far sure. more valuable than him being a client of mine. Right. Tell you that much. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So it gives you more opportunity. So for us, the pocket agency, yes, of course, like we want people to listen to it. But the real for us, the real strategy is um, getting the right guests on uh, yeah. and then creating opportunities that way. But the other thing is, too, it's like for my content, for example, I don't film native stuff for Instagram or Twitter anymore. It all comes from my podcast. Yeah. So yeah. I post every single day and it's all snippets from my podcast. And I don't have to sit and dance on a reel anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's the podcast. Aid. Yeah, thank you. What's uh? Well, what's what's the vision for you then in what you're creating and what you want to do? And and always, uh, you know, I think championship leaders they have incredible vision. 
courage mm-hmm. to take action. And uh, so, yeah, what's, what's that look like? And what's the impact more importantly you're looking to make? Nate, you're the first one to ever ask me what my vision is, which is, yeah, which is fascinating. Yeah. And it's something that I talk about with other people is that if you don't have a vision, um, Dean Jackson talks about a great business has a VCR vision, capability, and reach. If you have all three, you have a really good business. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the vision's pretty simple and that we have, again, a kind of a farming system, if you will. Mm-hmm. The coaching academy is going to find the best coaches and of the yeah. best coaches, we're going to plug them in the, uh, in the agency and develop a studio for those podcast people. So that way, again, the studio kind of takes off and can help more people. My my overall vision is on like a more like a tangible thing is like we're going to have a headquarters here in Phoenix where yeah. again, coaches can come, the seminars. We just ran a workshop last, yeah. last week. To me, though, my biggest thing is that every single year, if we can create 100 new coaches a year, I'll be happy. Yeah, that's because cool. everything else yeah. gets better. And to me, it's um they, they say like entrepreneurs are the ones that move the needle. What I'm mostly fascinated by is who's in their ear. It's usually yeah. the coach. Yeah. Um, right. Have you ever read the book, a uh, trillion dollar coach before? Love that book. Yes. Bill Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what people know about is Steve jobs and yeah. Bill Gates and the people that founded Google. What you don't know is the guy that was in his, in their yes. ear saying, yeah. Hey, what about this? What about that? Yeah. And I want to put more Bill Campbell's in the world. Yeah. The people that, care about the client they want them to do well in business but also in their life and i want to create i want to create 100 bill campbells a year yeah i actually i I try to listen to that at least once a year and uh um so i need to get back at that but i love that book it's a great book yeah yeah it's not just about coaching it's also about leading people right oh yeah i mean i think that's really what it's about yeah because when you like when he passed away for example because i think the book starts with his funeral right and um And the fact that he had his golf caddy there and the, and the waiter from the restaurant and they're all they're sitting next to, there's an example of like the waiter that's sitting next to the founder of Google. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't matter who you were, like right. you were positively impacted by this guy. And that's yeah. the way that I look at like the change. I don't want to say the change, uh, but like the impact I want to leave behind. It's not, here's the truth, Nate. When I pass away in 20 years, no one's going to even remember my name. And then yeah. in a hundred years, the people that were related to me won't even know that I existed. Okay. Yep. Right. So what Im- impact can I leave? Well, those coaches that I help create and I help, you know, remove ex- uh, obstacles and excuses for, yeah. who are they going to impact? Yeah. Yeah. It could be millions. Yeah. No, so. no doubt. Yeah. Love it. Love it. What's, um, what's like, uh, kind of been a critical moment in your life where you did decide and took the path you did, but had you not been in a different place? Um, I think, I think those stories are always powerful for the listener that's in that moment right now to, to hear, uh, as they're making a big decision for themselves. Yeah. So, um, you, the words you use there is perfect. You decided, right. It was a decision and that's really what it is. It's like, it's a, it's a choice. And, um, I think for me that the biggest kind of pivotal moment was when I chose not to be a victim anymore. Yeah. So growing up, like That's my dad, one. yeah, my dad went away to prison when I was a kid for domestic violence. Okay. So like I was wow. born into being a victim. So it was my mother. So it was all these people. And I noticed 
when I went to school, uh, I was getting bad grades at the time. And uh, everyone kept giving me the excuse, right? They kept saying yeah. like, oh, it's okay because your dad's in prison. Uh, you guys are living in a motel. You got evicted. Like, it's okay that these things are happening. Just try your best. Sure. And it made me feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, it, it, and, and so I had a bit of an experiment where I said, I'm not going to be a victim anymore. And um, from that day forth, this is seventh grade. I decided this eighth grade, straight A student wow. up until my senior year. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, I could choose to be whoever I, I can create Raylan. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be based on the past. And and so that was the big pivotal moment. And I tested it out various different times. Like, you know, I was a pretty decent wrestler in, in high school, my freshman, sophomore, junior year. But my senior year, there's a moment where the match was close. And I remember I, I was on, you know, I was in the referee's position, as they call it. And it was close. And I said, I'm not losing. I made a choice. Yeah. And then I went on and won a state championship that year. That's awesome. It was literally just the choice of yeah. going, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And so that's why, if you notice our, our purpose statement is, is helping people remove excuses. And that's why the moment that you decide to stop being a victim in your life and become the victor, then you start to take responsibility. And then this weird synchronicity that happens where you, things start happening for you. You yeah. get more lucky, right? You yeah, meet more right. people and yeah. it's just weird, but all it is, is I just stopped being a victim. Yeah. I just, just chose not to be anymore. And that's, but this also cause... means like, not even just that stuff, but it's also like, for example, something happens where someone screws me over, something happened, whatever. It's choosing to not get my power away and saying, no, no, I, I needed this. Yeah. Right. This is for me. Yeah, totally. Cause there's a lot of power for people in the comfort of just playing the victim and they just, it's so natural to them because they've been playing it for so long that they don't even recognize it. They don't even know how to get out of it. Right. It's so, first of all, it's super, um, here's the thing. It's not easy because being a victim is tough, right? You have no power, yeah. but why do people do it? Well, I did it back when I was a kid and my family did it because the other side of the reality is when it's your fault, it's a harder pill to swallow. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So every, I always say like, everything serves you. It's just the yeah. question is, does it serve you the way that you want it to? Right. Yeah. And so like when people say like a perfect example of this and, 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 you know, you know, you can edit this out if you want, but um, there's a study that came out recently by uh, the, the nature journal. Uh, Harvard did a study about this that said that there's no uh, evidence to support that there's a chemical imbalance going on um, when you have dep a depression. Yeah. Okay. So forever we are told that the chemical, that means you don't have power. That means you're a victim, yeah, right? You can't do anything about it. And there's people no. that I know close to me, my family, Raylan, I can't do anything. I just get depressed. I can't do anything about it. It's a chemical imbalance. Yeah. Okay. So we know that's bullshit now, right? Yeah. Right. So the, the thing is that I always say is like, look, depression happens. Okay. PTSD happened. Like I, I didn't have, I have civil, I had civilian PTSD. Yeah. Growing as you can yeah, imagine, yeah. right? Absolutely. Like my first memories right. were violence, right? And yep. and for a long time, if I heard a loud noise or people yelling immediately, I'd break, like not cry, but I would freeze. Yep. I couldn't move. Um, so but here's the thing though, people go, I have this thing, I can't do anything about it. And then you go through the list, you go, Have you tried eating differently? No. Have you tried working out? No. Have you tried talking to somebody? Have you tried journaling? Have you tried and you go through the list and they're like, no. So what you did was you said, I'm a victim. Give me the victim pill. 
Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though, is that once you know, my job is not to get people to walk through the door and even lead, argue. I would say that my job isn't even to lead them through the door. I just want to show you the door exists. It's your choice if you walk through it or not. Yeah. But I can tell you this from, from my you know experience. When I walk through that door, my life got better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Even yeah. let's, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, getting married on Sunday, actually. Oh, awesome, um, and even with my fiance, if we get an argument, I don't put blame in her. I go, what did I do? Yeah. How did, how did I speak? And, and, and that gives me power to fucking change something. Right. Yeah. And I, for me, I'd rather have the power to change something, even if it's me trying something every single month, every single day, than to give my power away to being a victim. I think that's a huge key to a successful marriage as well. So that's awesome. Love it. What's, uh, as we kind of start to wrap this up, you know, if there's a couple of things that you could give to the listener, if they were going to implement today would help move their life forward today, what, what would those be? Uh, I think one of the most important things that someone can do is, is figure out what your two things, your intention and your purpose. Um, purpose, meaning like, what are you waking up for? Like if you did one thing every single day, it doesn't matter, by the way, if you're in a nine to five job, you're, you're, you're an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. You need a purpose statement because once you have purpose, everything gets better. Like, um, when you no longer have purpose is when tyranny kind of comes into play. It's when evil kind of takes place. It's it's when you're a little bit easier to be swayed off of your and you you look at people doing it online. You go, I want to be like that. Like that's where the problem begins. But if you have purpose, then everything you have a filter now. So for me, for example, I mentioned earlier, it's to remove obstacles and excuses to help people realize they deserve more. Right now, if I'm presented with an opportunity, but it is not aligned with removing excuses or obstacles, I don't do it. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, yeah. you know, especially in my industry, being online, there's a billion and one different opportunities. There's crypto. There's like, you know, all these. Oh, and yeah. I say no to a lot. Yeah. I say no to a lot of to a lot of podcasts because it's like, for example, if if you're only going to ask me about business stuff, for example, and I can't get into the real stuff, which is like what's going on up here. I don't yeah. want to do it because it's not going to help me remove excuses. So yeah. anyway, that's why I wake up every single day is to give me an opportunity to remove, remove those excuses. Even if it's just one person a day, that's a win. That's success. Yeah. yeah. Funny thing happens though, Nate, is when you follow your purpose, you tend to make more money. It's this cool thing. <laughs> yeah. um, the other thing is, is the intention, right? Like putting out first how you want to feel. And then you walk into that. What I mean by that is like most of our feeling uh, is just based on the past. I feel sad today. Well, guess what? That's a that's just a uh, what's the word for it? It's like an article of the past. You're not actually sad about what's happening right now. Right. When you're in the yeah. present moment, there's nothing happening. Right. Yeah. It's usually Nate says something that made me sad. No, Nate triggered something from my past. Right. Yeah. So if you live in the past, you're going to have the same results. So the idea, again, for the listeners in terms of like tactical things is getting really uh, intentional every day about how you are deciding to feel that day. Right. And deciding that you have a choice. Oh, like uh, perfect examples. I have a, a four year old son and he's the one person on this earth that can make me go unconscious, meaning like um, it, he, you know, he triggers stuff. Yeah. You know, if he doesn't eat, for example, I get really upset. I get really yeah. mad. Well, I had to do some deep dive and I go, oh, the reason I get so mad is because my father was shit. Yeah. And so if I don't get my son to eat, that means I'm a bad dad, too. And I'm just like my dad. 
Now that's not my son's fault. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't want to eat. Yeah, exactly. Much too. I'm a terrible <laughs> cook. Yeah. Okay. The only thing right. I can make is mac and cheese. So he yeah. probably doesn't want to eat it. So yeah. then you have, but once you make that realization, now you have choice. And at that point that I usually go, all right, like I either a honestly though, I usually tap my fiance and go, Hey, like, can you do this? Cause you're better at yeah. it than me, yeah, yeah. but it's still a choice. Don't have to yeah. blow up. Yeah. So anyway, it, it would be this find your purpose. Yeah. Spend the time to do that. And and I'll give people kind of a hint if they're, if they're needing to find it, it usually comes from pain. Yeah. Your purpose usually right. comes from pain for me. Uh, obviously it was the pain of being a victim. Yeah. So now my purpose is to not make people victims. Anymore. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. The cool part is once you figure out your purpose, the how you do it does not matter. Yeah. But once you find a good how, like again, the academy, the between the academy and the podcast, I can change the how any I can have a billion and one different ways that I help people do that. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But at the second that it no longer serves that purpose, I'll stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, man. Yeah, that's 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 great. What's uh what's a couple of ways that we can or maybe the main way that we can, you know, learn more about you and and if they're interested in uh your academy or the podcasting and everything that you're up to, uh check that out. Yeah, I would say uh on YouTube, Raylan Davis, and then uh Elevated Entrepreneur, or you can just put in like if you're going to podcast, just type in Raylan Davis, it'll pop up. Yeah. Uh and then for direct access to me, like I'm kind of falling in love again with Twitter. Yeah. you're the second person just, today i've talked to that, that said dude that. it's Man, just i've never it, gotten into twitter here's here's what i like about it you gotta you gotta learn how to use it and i, I didn't know yeah. when i first started doing it and one it's following the right people that's number one because um you go off of their conversation a lot and you'll comment on stuff but i also like it again for for you like with a podcast this is kind of how i'm using it is that like yeah. If you email me, I'll be honest with you. Kayla, go my my fiance goes through all my emails. Like yeah. I I don't really read them. I hate reading emails. Yeah. But if you send me a message on Twitter, I'm you're gonna get me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I'll be able right. to respond immediately. And so anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to like Twitter again. Yeah, yeah. I might have to go that route and check it out at least. Because even try. in your your podcast descriptions, you can put in there like, um, obviously here's you know ways that I could help you, but also like. Hit me up on Twitter with a question or any comments yeah. you have about uh, podcast episodes. And then yeah. to like, instead of like sending them to a discord channel or something like that, like, yeah, I like it because of the direct access to the person. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it gives yeah, you ideas yeah. for like, you know, guests or gives you ideas for what you can talk about. Sure. Yeah. I love it. Well, I appreciate you being here today. Uh, it's been a great conversation, man. Thank you. Yeah. It's been fun, man. Yeah, appreciate absolutely. It. Yeah. And as you're listening, uh, if you've enjoyed this conversation, don't go anywhere. Stay for the, stay right here for the next episode. And, Again, Raylan, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it, man. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right, I didn't reconnect with her. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. And marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way cause-
Get, 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 get. 